Well, Your Tech Life episode 318, uh, live from Amsterdam this week and a little bit later in the week than normal. Uh, I don't apologize because I didn't want to give you a double up from two blokes talking tech. We are in Amsterdam. We have been to Barcelona. Let's get cracking on Your Tech Life. Everything technology from computers to mobile phones, TVs and the internet. Information you want, all the help you need. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. And we do it all each and every week thanks to the good people at Netgear, the Arlo range of smart home security cameras and, of course, uh, Garmin satellite navigation and GPS technology. I'll tell you about them shortly. But um, a whole stack of news here um, in Europe this week. Um, and I, as I said at the, at the intro... Uh, obviously, a lot of the news we, we covered extensively, Stephen Fennick and I, on two blokes talking tech. So I will rehash or recover a few of those stories, um, just because a lot of you don't listen to both podcasts, and I appreciate that. But those of you that do, um, you'll uh, you'll get a bit of a repeat, but that's not it's not extraordinary about it. It's uh, three or four days later now, there's a whole bunch of other news as well. So... Obviously, Mobile World Congress in Barcelona is a um, 100,000 attendee trade show. Now, I've got to say, for the most part, it is high-end enterprise business. We're talking um, um, Telstra, talking with their network providers like Ericsson and Nokia and Huawei and all these kind of companies that are providing the actual mobile towers here, um, not just um, not just mobile phones. Um, but then there are the consumer-facing products like the mobile phones that are announced here. Um, as you would know from following me in the last week, I travelled here as a guest of Huawei and kind of I guess kick it off with that it's kind of interesting that you I came here with a mobile phone company and they didn't even announce a mobile phone um Huawei announced uh, a product called the MateBook this is a uh, 6.9 6.9 millimeter thick 12 inch windows tablet now they call it a two-in-one convertible I gotta be honest I, I just see it as being a uh, uh, an unbelievably slim windows tablet um, and then you know the accessories they have for it really do bring it into that convertible space because you can get a keyboard case for it, you can get a, a docking station and a whole bunch of other things that really do bring it out of the tablet world and into the um, into the laptop world. But at its core, it's a it's a 12-inch tablet. But it's a very smaller, much smaller 12-inch tablet than you may expect because the bezel around the outside is only one centimetre all the way around. So from screen to edge is uh, is quite a, quite a narrow gap, which gives it this kind of very smaller... Uh, look it's a great device um, very snappy powerful uh, as a running windows 10 um, I, I think it competes directly with the surface pro um, that is a service is a great windows device um, it has the advantage of having ports and different things excuse me the matebook does not but i think the matebook fits more in the category of someone who really wants a tablet but also needs laptop capabilities as opposed to the surface which is more someone who needs a laptop and it would consider a tablet Capability, so it's a little bit um, uh, one or the other. Great device. We don't have Australian pricing yet, but uh, it won't be too long before we have that. Um, before we talk about the other big guys, um, the Alcatel Idol Four. So Alcatel One Touch, um, number three in Australia in in mobile phones in I think the third or fourth quarter of last year, selling direct selling through you know dodo um you know prepaid market is is something that they pretty much own um they've rebranded as just alcatel now and the idol 4 is their um their next generation smartphone flagship smartphone we should say they have the pops um as well as another range but these are um four phones in fact originally thought it was only two but it's four phones the idol 4 mini the idol 4 the idol 4s and the idol 4 plus 
um, probably ranging from around 400, oh, sorry, 350 up to 550 in price. Um, and this is the great thing. These are good phones. Uh, the kind of glass back, uh, glass front, obviously. Um, a really nice design. Nothing cheap in feel about them. Very good screen. I mean, I turned this thing on and, and was immediately impressed by the screen quality. Um, and no qualms about the performance. The camera is very is quite good actually. It's um very snappy shutter, which is one of my main complaints about smartphone cameras. And it has a button on the side. This is their big thing, and you'll see this in their marketing, I'm sure. It has a button on the side called the boom button. <laughs> the boom button isn't just a gimmick. It's actually well, it is a gimmick. Let's be clear, but it's um it's a functional gimmick. So whatever mode you're in the boom button enhances what you're doing. So if the phone is off and you press the boom button, it just takes a photo. It doesn't open the camera for you to take a photo. If the phone is off, i.e. the screen is off, it's in you know locked you know, sleep mode, um, it just takes a photo and appears on screen. It doesn't take you into camera where you then have to uh, click the shutter. Uh, if you are listening to music, you press the boom button, it enhances the music with a bit of bass and uh, better better sound. If you're on a phone call, it'll pump the volume up. If you're playing a game like Asphalt, the, the nitro button is linked to it. So uh, the one I love though is most is uh, if you're browsing photos. So you know when you're flicking through your photo album on your phone, if you press the boom button while you're doing that, it actually uh, creates a little mini gallery that then if you press it again, it reshuffles the gallery, press it again, shuffles the gallery. So it's a really cool way of just flicking through your photos. I really like that, um, especially if somebody takes a few photos around the place, excuse me, um, because, you know, you take 15 photos, you, you, you've got to find the one that you liked. Um, so that's the Alcatel Idol 4, a great little phone. Um that when we talk prices of the big guys, the fact that that is a three to five hundred dollar phone will um, will impress you greatly because um, it's well worth thinking about the fact that you don't need to spend twelve hundred dollars on a uh, on a phone. I'm uh, currently recording in my hotel room just hours before I leave Amsterdam, so I just thought I better put a do not disturb on the door because I'm recording. Someone will walk in to clean the room or something. Anyway, that's all done. So that was Alcatel. Um, the other one uh, that's worth mentioning absolutely well before we talk about the big guys is HP, the uh, Elite X3. Uh, it's a phablet. It's a 5.9-inch smartphone. Now, what's interesting here is they don't do phones. This is their first smartphone. And that's that in its uh, in and of itself is kind of the opposite of what Huawei did. Uh, Huawei come to a mobile world congress and don't announce a phone. HP come to a mobile world congress and don't talk enterprise and, and things. They talk mobile phone. So that's a good thing from from this event. But I'm really intrigued by this because it's an excellent uh, concept for a device. Now I'm not suggesting that you and I are going to go and buy an Elite X3, but in big business where they're buying 300 laptops a year rolling them out to their staff, supplying their staff with mobile phones and all these kind of things. So the Elite X3 is a 6-inch, 5.9-inch phone that runs Windows, Windows 10. And there is also a great little dock that that you can get for it. I don't know if it comes with it. I have to have to confirm that, but I think it would. Um, and so what happens with the dock has USB, it has HDMI, it has uh, Ethernet, it has a whole bunch of ports on the back. And what you can do is you can dock your phone and then it becomes a Windows computer because your big screen monitor, your mouse, your keyboard can all run uh, Windows off your phone. <laughs> so you just wouldn't um, you you wouldn't think of that. Now the thing here is that HP 
didn't create, didn't invent this technology, right? HP are just implementing a piece of technology that exists in Windows 10. Now, Microsoft themselves have the, have the Lumia devices. Um, they have this functionality in, in, in essence, but HP have taken it to the extreme and really marketing their product to do that. So it's not for everyone, but let me give you an example of someone it is for, and this may be your workplace. Your you're basically a kind of a word processing office office user. So you've you've got a, a desktop computer. You're running Word, Excel, um, Outlook, those kind of things, and that's that's how you run your job. Um, and maybe you don't use a computer all day every day, but you you do have access to one. Let's say you either have a laptop that, that's rolled out and you need that replacing because it's end end of life, or let's say your company's moving away from desktops and into uh, laptops. They don't need to provide you with a laptop. They can just provide you with a HP Elite three. They can provide you with a dock and a monitor on your desk, you know, because in a hot desk situation, every desk might have a monitor, but no, none has a computer. You sit down, you've got your mobile phone on you, you dock it, and you're using a computer. So you're actually, what, what HP actually, actually have announced here is a handheld laptop. I mean, it's another way of thinking of it because that's essentially the, the capabilities that it has. Right, so it looks like it's it's actually a very good little device. It's got BNO speakers. It's got good design. It's quite light um, in the hand. I, I quite like the device overall. Um, and yes, it's uh, it's a good little device. Um, I, I'd be very interested to see how they how they market that one out. I don't think that's a phone you'll see in Telstra stores or um, JB Hi-Fi. I think that's a phone you'll see coming through the distributor channels that um, the HP have for their laptops and computers into enterprise and business. So, so yeah, that's that's how they'll roll. Um, we also had um, Telstra announced that they are aiming for one gigabit per second. Uh, download speeds in 2016. So they've announced they are actually working with Netgear on a device that will utilize their existing networks and the kind of technology that now exists like carrier aggregation. Now this is a technology that allows them to basically um, make multiple connections to the mobile network and com- combine all of that um, those connections into one bit of bandwidth for you. Um, so you're going to have a hotspot device, not a mobile phone, but a hotspot device that in theory will get one gigabit speeds. I mean, where that's insane, don't you think? And that's that's all amidst the um, the talk of 4.5G. So we've got telcos trialing 4.5G already in Australia, and we've got talk here at Mobile World Congress of 5G. Every stand had a 5G on it. If you didn't have a 5G, you weren't weren't ahead of the curve. Um, and I think the talk is basically 2020 is rollout time for 5G. Um, so it's pretty exciting that you'll be able to have a hotspot and just do that simple thing. But um, I'm, I'm also just not entirely sure what we what we really need that for. But in this day and age, but in, in a few years from now, and some of the demonstrations that occurred here, the reason they're talking about 5G and gigabit speeds is because when you talk about virtual reality, 360 video, those are the kind of things that do require a lot of bandwidth. And uh, that bandwidth needs to be carried over a much more uh, highly capable network. So... Pretty interesting times there from uh, from Telstra and all the networks, in fact. It might sound crazy what I'm about to say But travel along's the world's best techie He's the kind of guy we picked on at school And it wasn't fair, but he don't care, he's cool today Traveling such a nerd, you 
and and I should say uh, without question um, won't be a won't be a long podcast today. I just wanted to bring you up to date so that we didn't have to talk too much Mobile World Congress next week when I'm back home. Um, a few calls and emails we got to get through, so I want to want to get back to the normal show next week. But um, uh, certainly wanted to keep you in the loop with where things were going on um, in technology because that's what we do. That is what we do. Um, the Arlo Q um, is a sensational uh, little smart camera. We've talked about the Arlo range of, uh, of cameras for a while now, but the new addition to the Arlo family has arrived, the Arlo Q. Keeping your family and home safe can be a challenge, but the Arlo Q is designed to be easy to use security addition to any home with a bunch of features that will give you peace of mind. The Arlo Q lets you see and hear in perfect detail. It has brilliant HP. Uh, 1080p HD with night vision so you'll be able to see what's happening clearly regardless of what time of day it is it also features two-way audio so that you can talk with anyone who's there if you don't have you don't have to be a security expert to install the Arlo Q in your home all you need is your existing home Wi-Fi network and the Arlo app Arlo Q has a free cloud recording so you can store and review the last seven days of recording plus free upgrade options. Um, to learn more, visit arlo.com slash au. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. So let's talk about the big guys. Let's talk about Samsung and LG. So Samsung announced the Galaxy S7. These are really nice looking devices. They are uh, very similar to last year. Not identical. They are um, cosmetically uh, slightly different, but for all intents and purposes, they're they're very similar looking devices. You know how every couple of years we have a kind of a revolution in the design, and then every other year it's an incremental one. This is an incremental year. Um, the S7 is a I'm gonna say 5.1 inch screen. The S7 Edge is a 5.5 inch screen. So they've they've I think they're moving away from having the the Edge Plus. They're just gonna have the two devices, and people that want the Edge probably want the bigger screen anyway. Is what they've determined. So good devices, but I guess. The big thing is, 2015 wasn't a failure. It just was a little disappointment, just disappointing for Samsung because they they moved away from having both um, waterproofing and expandable storage. So they have put the expandable storage back into the device. So the SIM tray in the slot um, now also has space for a micro SD card, which is also a spot, space for a second SIM card. But I'm tipping that functionality won't come to australia um the way our telcos want to work uh and it is once again water and dust resistant um so you can absolutely splash it and probably drop it in water but just don't dive and swim and take it in there for too long now here's the thing this is a 1149 dollar phone uh, the edge is a 1249 dollar phone they're very expensive um but they are a top-notch phone i just go back to the idle four and say that's $800 extra money that you're spending. Um, you've really got to want to get your value out of that phone. So my advice is to make sure that you are actually needing either the software functionalities that exist in this phone or the slightly higher end cameras and, and other things. Because if you're just using it as a smartphone every day doing your basics, then some of those uh, lower cost options are going to physically save you money. Um, and that's that's not something to mess around with, right? It's a it's a genuine uh, potential saving. So, anyway, it's a, it's a great looking phone. They've um, they've done a good job announcing it. It'll be available very soon. It's in fact available to pre-order now, um, and it'll ship on March the 11th. Um, I'll do a full review down the track, but um, 
not disappointing, but um, perhaps mostly expected what we saw from Samsung. And I think there'll be plenty of people with a Samsung Galaxy S5 who will be delighted that they didn't have to switch um, phones to another brand because they really liked their Samsung and they didn't really like the fact that the S6 was not waterproof. So they'll probably get some good upgrades this year because S5 users are ready and willing and, and it's a comparable thing. So uh, uh, check that one out. Um, it's all happening for, uh, for Samsung. And of course, the other big guy is LG. So LG um, did something very different. And this is this is cool. I like the fact that they went out on a limb here and announced something different. Now, most of the difference people talk about um, is, in fact, the modular approach they took to the to the battery. So what happens is a little tiny button on the side of the um, of the LG G5 and you press that and pull the bottom um, centimeter of the phone and it clicks out. And the battery is then attached to that. You can actually take the battery off and put it onto another modular unit. So the other modular unit might be a better sound um, uh, DAC, which is what it's called, uh, digital to analog uh, converter um, from Bang & Olufsen. Uh, it might be a better camera grip and controls, um, and which also might have more battery power in them. Um, or you might just un- unclick it, put a new battery in, and click it in again. Um, it's not... <laughs> I don't know that it's the reason people will buy this phone, but it's a very good reason to buy this phone, if that makes sense. Um, and I think it's it's great to see someone solve the problem of how do we utilize this beautiful unibody metal design that we've come to really expect from these high-end quality phones, and how do we add a feature in that people have really missed? Now, I look at it this way. I'm carrying around little battery packs and cables to make sure that I can charge my phone at any time. Here you are with this, you could just carry around a spare battery and you could clip it out and clip it in. No cable, it's a very small, it's just the battery, it's not the whole technology of a battery pack. So I like the idea of having the G5 and carrying around a spare battery. Um, I think they'll do very well with it, but here's what I think. I think that's not the killer feature. The killer feature of this phone is actually the camera. Now, if you jump on the Facebook, the Twitter, you'll see the video I did which tries to demonstrate this camera. The standard camera on a smartphone is about a 78-degree viewing angle. Now, if you're standing there trying to take a picture of either a large group of people or a beautiful landscape, you can't get it all in. You need to do little panoramas. Well, this thing has a second lens. It's a 135-degree lens, so much wider angle. And the great thing is all you do is tap the screen. You tap the screen on the little icon and it switches from one lens to the other. So easy to use. It is remarkably easy and it's it's a very impressive uh, lens and it's a very impressive kind of... um, feature in a smartphone i think i remember the olo clip was a little clip uh, clip on lens that i put on the um uh on my iphone and a fantastic way of adding wide angle or telephoto zoom and different things to the iphone well here we are now with an lg phone that has basically that capability built into it um and it's very seamless and easy to use so yeah i'm i'm a big fan of that i thought it was really really good and i think for people who love their photography that is a brilliant thing to do so um so yeah um, I think you should check that one out if you're looking for a new mobile phone this year not a bad time to be doing it the last thing I mentioned directly from MWC is 360 degree cameras now it's probably not the number one um, thing I saw there but certainly it was good to see a kind of confirmation of what we saw at CES which was that 360 is going to be a thing so um, LG announced a little 360 camera as did Samsung so Samsung's little gear 360 Oh, excuse me, it's 11 o'clock, it's 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, 
Samsung's Gear 360 is a little um, sphere, um, but also has little um, legs that you can stand it on, which is great. <clears throat> and it has two lenses, one on each side, which then create <coughs> excuse me, a full 360-degree experience. Now, you've seen me talk about the 360 fly before. That is a single lens, but it also doesn't truly create the 360 degree up, down, and around. It only goes around. So what happens here is basically it's a second lens on the bottom and it stitches the two together and uh, bingo, you've got the entire surround. So um, Samsung are going all in on 360 and VR. We've seen that now for some time. Um, they've got the Gear VR. It's an excellent little device. Um, they're shipping that with people who pre-order the, the um, S7s. Um, you, you'll get a Gear VR. Um, 360 video is going to be everywhere. Um, it's a really exciting thing, and uh, and it's cool to see Samsung. You know, I feel for the 365 people of the world because, you know, they've they've got a great product that that's um, already trying to in market. But Samsung bring to 360 the the clout and credibility of their brand, and and it gives the category credibility. Um, I have to wait and see how it actually works because the 360 fly is relatively easy to use. Uh, upload and, and utilize on Facebook and, and YouTube. So it'll be very interesting to see whether or not Samsung have been able to achieve the same thing. You would think so. It'd be pretty embarrassing otherwise, I would have thought. Um, but that's, um, yeah, that's a cool little camera. I can't wait to get my hands on that and have some fun with it uh, to see whether or not it's um, it's all it's shook up to be. So that is the majority of the news from Mobile World Congress. I've got a couple other things to talk to you about. And, uh, and um we will uh, we'll, we'll circle back to anything Mobile World Congress next week and over the weeks ahead as we get those devices to play with. Um, and, of course, all of those stories, I'm just looking at them here as I go, are available on the website, eftm.com.au. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Now, if you're into golf, you can't go past Garmin's range of golf technology. The Approach S6, for example, is a uh, smartwatch. It's first of its kind GPS technology in their slimmest and lightest golf watch. Uh, it features swing metrics, swing tempo, tempo training, swing strength, dedicated course view button with green view for manual pin positioning, pin pointer, blind shot assistance tells you where the pin is, even if you can't see it. It's touchscreen, high resolution and glove friendly. And of course, within the watch on board, you don't have to sync it, download or anything. There are more than three 30,000 international courses. No subscriptions, no fees, easy to use. So if you want to improve your swing, check out the Approach S6 from Garmin. Now Optus announced this week also they're going to um, make a concerted effort to upgrade their uh, stadium connectivity. So they're working with uh, Nokia Networks to to target ANZ Stadium. And and basically what they're going to try and do is ensure that not only do they have the capacity to to serve uh, a large number of people at a large event, but they also don't have degraded speeds when they are doing that. So, for example, they're going to put a better uplink, which basically means that it's like putting a switching your home from ADSL to the MBN. They're going to put a better connection into their towers so that they've got more bandwidth for the users to use. So that's a very good thing to be happening. And it goes hand in hand, in fact, and I'll write a story about this in the days ahead. I, I hope I get it up um, in time. The oh, we, we came to Amsterdam to have a look at Amsterdam Stadium. Now, Amsterdam Stadium is the home of the Ajax uh, football team, uh, huge football team, 52,000-seat stadium. They have 42,000 members. Um, there's a small block of tickets there for um, for the opposing team fans, and that's probably, uh, at a glance, I'd say 1,000, and the rest are sold out every single time. Now, they have in this stadium 
hundreds of uh, access points via a Huawei kind of network that provide a Wi-Fi network. They also have then um, 4G um, cellular towers built into the stadium that provide mobile coverage to all of the networks. So it's a very interesting approach to see how we are looking at these big stadiums. And the reason I think you'll find they're doing this is because a big stadium is actually just a smart city. And I'll talk about this in the in the article I write, but smart cities is a really important kind of progression forward so that um, city planners, uh, infrastructure authorities, and those kind of people understand, you know, how to best serve the, the city as it grows and, and it changes. What's interesting is in a stadium, if you think about it, it's um, a stadium has transport issues, issues mobility, it has uh, crowd issues, it has security, it has safety, it has health, a whole range of things, including, you know, food and distribution. So, when you take a stadium with 50,000, 100,000 people and you're able to analyze better um, their movements and their the things that they need and do, you're actually able to provide a better service. So they talked with us at the stadium about how rather than having a scheduled approach to a day, you know, at 2 p.m. we do this and at 3 p.m. we do that, they can do those things based on triggers. So when the crowd gets to this level, we start doing this thing or when the crowd moves from here to there, we do these things. And while Optus is talking about upgrading their, their mobile towers, what um, the Amsterdam Stadium have done and, and others, um, and I'll talk about the Gold Coast Stadium for the Gold Coast Suns have done, is they're implementing Wi-Fi technology. Now, what's a little scary but also very, very cool with the Wi-Fi technology is it allows them to track everyone. Now, they don't know who you are, but they can have a heat map of where the most popular areas are, where people are right now. So I saw this at Mobile World Congress. Now, Mobile World Congress, 100,000 people. Well, typically 99% of them have smartphones because they're, they're kind of bleeding edge. It's not a sample representative of the community. And this is a huge venue, eight halls. They, you know, walk around a lot. And Cisco, who provided all the, you know, wireless access points in the, um, in the venue, were able to um, utilize the, the Wi-Fi network to do heat maps of where the most busy areas are, where people dwell most. So if you're a stand, a vendor, you could say, well, I want to be there because the dwell time is longer at that spot. Um, and this will make more sense when you look at the images I put on the website in the, com- in the coming days. But you can also see that basically people don't go to the fringes of the stands. They walk down the middle. It's really, really interesting that, that Wi-Fi can do that. And they can pinpoint uh, an individual phone from down to about five meters. So when you think about that, um, an example that the stadium gave was, of course, they can't track individuals, but their own staff. So let's say they deploy um, mobile devices to all the security guards, mobile devices to all the food vendors, mobile devices to all the uh, hospitality, mobile devices to all the um, safety or you know ambulance. Then when there's an incident, you know, uh, Bay 13, Row 7, they can go rather than just putting a call out to all the security, they can say there's three security guards who are within 20 metres. Let's just tell them and they can sort it out. So they can actually pinpoint things. So that's from a security level. But what about this from a... um from a food and drinks and beverage perspective, you you could you could be sitting there at your t- you know, seat thinking, oh, I want to go and get some hot chips. And you could open up an app and you could see whether the queues or the, the crowds were big, small, or, or, or not. Same for the toilets. You could see whether there's a lot of people queuing up. So you could actually make decisions based around knowledge and info they have. Now, the example I'll give you is Google Maps. Now, I drive home from work normally straight up the Pacific Highway. But sometimes it's terrible traffic. So sometimes I'm better off darting up Fox Valley Road and through through the Commonara. And you know why I do that? Because I look at Google, Map, Google Maps and I can see whether it's got red. And the red means there's traffic. And I can avoid that. And so we could do that in our everyday lives in stadiums. 
And then when you extrapolate that out into other areas, we could be doing that anywhere. Um, it could it could be be utilized in the city of Sydney. There could be you know Wi-Fi hotspots crowded you know for free Wi-Fi for everyone, but it also provides some city planning um, capabilities. Now, critically, you do not need to connect to the Wi-Fi network. So uh, at uh, Amsterdam Stadium, fifty-two thousand people, um, maximum thirteen thousand connected to the Wi-Fi network. At any, that's their average at, at a game. But see, because your mobile phone is on and Wi-Fi is on, it's always searching for networks, it knows you're there. And it knows you're unique because every every device has a unique address. So it actually can track everyone, even if you're not connected to the network. I know it sounds scary, but it is so not, and it is very exciting technology that is being rolled out um, in major stadiums, and I think it'll have a huge impact across um, uh, across a lot of different um, uh, places that... that um, that we, we have large crowds, essentially. It's really, really cool technology. Um, moving on to Facebook, um, uh, just, uh, what was it, a night, night ago or two, a day ago? I don't know what time of day it is um, back in Australia, let alone here. Um, finally, we got the Mark Zuckerberg uh, reactions. So now you don't have to click like. You can click wow, sad, happy, um, angry, love. Those emotions are now available. So if you haven't seen this, uh, I put a video up on Facebook. Um, what you do is on your mobile phone, you press and hold on the like button. And on your computer, you hover your mouse over the like button and it allows you to choose a different reaction other than like. It's actually quite cool. It's good to start seeing um, different reactions kind of flow through when you look at, um, you know, for example, what you've posted. You can see what other people are, are saying in reaction to it. Um, so if I now, you know, look at the EFTM Facebook page um, and I look at what people have been reacting to, um, for example, the New South Wales Police Highway Patrol car. I um, put some new photos up of that and um, and I can see the reactions. Here's the cool thing. Uh, there's been 50 reactions, 44 likes, uh, four wows and two loves. Now... I would say that most people yet don't realize how to do it. And I don't know that it'll be super duper, um, you know, life changing. I think a lot of people still just hit like because it's easier. I think the time when it most matters is is um, the sad times. So when someone announces the, the death of a pet or, or goodness, heaven forbid, um, the death of a family member, um, that's when you'll be able to click sad. And uh, that's a good thing. Um, I think that's, an, that's a great feature to add. Uh, and um, it's um, it's a cool feature. I, I think um, I think we should embrace it. Um, it. Took a while. Jeez, it took a very very long time for um, for them to roll it out. But um, it's finally there, so um, you can uh, you can check it out now on um, on Facebook. So that's a cool thing. That's a nice little bit of tech news that happened this week. What's what else is going on? Let me look at a couple other things for you. Um, I'll review these ones later down the track. But Philips have announced a set of um, wireless. Um, and noise-canceling headphones for $200. Now, these are on the website, worth a check. Um, I really like the look of them. And, you know, normally $400 is about the price point for noise-canceling headphones. So I'll have to give those ones a, a bit of a look and see what they're like. I've got all of the Samsung Galaxy S pricing plans on uh, on the website. And, of course, the other one that broke last night was Kogan have announced a $17 30-day recharge for one gig of data and unlimited calls and texts. So I've got to be honest, that's... Um, that's probably the pl- the right plan for sixty or seventy percent of the market, <laughs> but y- you're scared of spending 
$16 because you're worried it's not going to be enough. Well, you can just recharge again at another time. Um, so if you're using between kind of 1 and 1.3 gig a month of data, uh, I don't know why you're not switching to the Kogan plan right now. It's uh, $17, gives you 30 days to use 1 gig of data, unlimited calls and text. That's insane, don't you think? Um, unbelievable. Um, great little, uh, great little plan there from Kogan. So, what else is happening? Not much. Um, there is. Um, I saw some cool goggles um, from Epson, the Maverio smart glasses. I'm going to try and get a hold of those and use them with the drone. We've already got some uh, mobile phone cases for the Galaxy plans announced, um, and also um, we do. We do also have, and I might get, might do more on this in the weeks ahead. Um, we finally have channels. I've confirmed that Channel Seven are doing HD. Um, Channel 10 are doing HD Win in regional areas are doing HD uh, ABC are going HD in June so we will have all the commercial networks in HD um, but you will need an MPEG4 capable television so if you haven't got a brand new TV it could be time to upgrade um, that is about all that's happening in the world um, I am flying off to uh, to home I'll be home on Sunday morning um, and I can't wait to get home. And um, then we've got a couple of weeks of uh, static before a couple of other big bits of news going around, uh, which could involve a bit more travel. God love it. Um, so thank you for your listening. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for uh, your loyalty. Uh, episode, what did I say? 318. Whew, time flies when you're having fun, doesn't it, people? Um, uh, get on the phone, get on the email if you want to get in touch and say good day. Just go to the website eftm.com.au. Jump on Twitter at Trevor Long to like or follow, whatever you want to call it. And of course, my Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash Trevor Long. Uh, join me over there. Uh, Instagram, Trevor Long AU. A few cool photos from uh, from the trip this, this time around. Um, but if, uh, if you've got a tech question, tech problem, tech comment you want to make, just uh, go to the website, send me an email, eftm.com.au. And, of course, we do it all thanks to the good people at Garmin and, uh, and Netgear's Arlo Ranger Smart Home Security Cameras. And um, it is very cool to have their support and your downloads each and every week. Um, I should say uh, um, it was our fifth, if you haven't listened to Two Blokes Talking Tech, um, with Stephen Fennick and I. It was our uh, fifth anniversary this week, so we, we recorded our show here at Mobile World Congress as well, and uh, it was great to uh, great to get that done because five years of podcasting with Stephen has been great fun, and we've got some very fun things to bring you this year later down the track as well. So it's all happening here on Your Tech Life. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Back again next week from the studio at home. Talking technology without the jargon. Your, Your Tech, Tech Life with Trevor Long.